Welcome to another edition of San Joaquin Spotlight on CMAC, Comcast Xfinity 93, and AT&T U-verse 99, as well as on radio, talk radio, 1550KXEX. Our guest this week is Jason Paul. He is a trustee for Central Unified School District. Mr. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you. Tell us, you. tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm a Fresno native. Um, uh, born and raised in Fresno. Started off at actually in, in Fresno Unified at Daly Elementary and then um, moved. Actually, my dad's from Easton. He went to Washington Union. Um, we moved out there for a year or so and then uh, moved into the district um, and uh, graduated from Central High School. Um, my mom actually went to Central High School, um, aunts and uncles. Um, so in the area were, you know, including my kids, fourth, fourth generation in the school district. My kids all graduated from Central High School. Um, I... So that's, that's who I am. That's where I'm from and uh, my family so let me stop you there it's pretty cool because i see your dad once in a while at the save mart not too far from where i live because i live in not too far from your area so sounds like your dad your folks are still out there yeah my mom passed about a year and a half two years ago and um and my dad uh, actually up until recently he just sold his house uh, he's gonna downsize he was on five acres way too much for him at 84 so, um, yeah, I think he's actually moving out of the area, though. I think he's got an apartment uh, kind of north. So. But, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You, I, I found it interesting that you're a geologist. Uh, tell us how and why you got into that professional, and what do, what do you do? Yeah, so um, I liked science in high school, Um I didn't figure out I could do math until I got into college. Uh, literally, first semester calculus figured out algebra. I mean, that's kind of how it went. So I did a lot of, lot of. Uh, I think I did three semester calculus in college. But anyway, the, the bottom line is I like science kind of stuff. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I thought I wanted to become a veterinarian. So actually um, went into Fresno State as an animal science major. And... Uh, I messed around in that for a couple of years and probably could have had a minor. I probably could have had a minor in that in chemistry and math pretty close. Um, kind of, I kind of lingered for a while and then I took a uh, geography course, which was really interesting. I went in and talked to the, to the Dean and uh, he, to his credit, he started asking me what I liked, what I didn't like and that kind of stuff. And he goes, you know, you probably should go talk to the geology department. You know, maybe he's trying to get rid of me. I don't know. But um, so anyway, I went over and took a talk to those guys. And one of the graduate students who I'm still in, I, I still like work in the same area as, as kind of as him, got up and gave me this big old grandstanding uh, speech about geology and arm waving stuff. And it was it was really cool. Geology is kind of like a, at least how it was taught at Fresno State, it's just like um, um, like solving problems. Um, uh, big puzzles kind of stuff. And uh, so anyway, I, I took a geology one course and I was hooked and got through school pretty quickly after that. <clears throat> and then uh, walked out into the industry 
not not knowing what I was going to do, I was actually looking into doing gold mining stuff in South America and Australia. And um, and the environmental stuff uh, was just going nuts here because a lot of the laws that were put on the books in the 1970s uh, started um, started coming into effect. Uh, those had to do with underground tank tank storage, uh, underground fuel storage tank storage tank regulations, uh, the Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act, all that kind of stuff that started at the at federal level. Level, uh, you know, we ended up having our own state versions of those, and and uh, there weren't enough engineers and geologists coming out of school to fill the need. I actually worked in the industry managing projects really before I had a degree because I had some couple units hanging out there. The evaluations office was hanging me up. So it was it was a quick start. Got in and just did a lot of it. Um, and uh, that's that's what I do. I, I tell people I probably write and do chemistry more than I do geology. It's just uh, and communicate. Uh, so the the field is still it's still a good field. Um, engineering field in general uh, is is a really good wide open field. Looking for good folks. And um, so. Anyway, I try to mention that whenever I, I have the opportunity in, in the school board stuff and ask a lot of que- questions around, you know, um, what kinds of STEM offerings there are and where that's going and, and that kind of thing. STEM, talk about how important that is because, you know, we try to teach our kids the importance of science, math, you know, and some of the other STEM uh, topics. But how important is STEM? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, especially in the, the age that we live in now, it's all driven by technology, right? And whether or not you're doing the macro stuff on the engineering side or the micro stuff, um, an understanding of scientific principles and, and, the, and the process and basic math school skills uh, is critical really to living, I, I, I think, especially just basic math stuff. And I know a lot of kids struggle with math, um, and that's foundational to, to just basic basic problem solving in everyday life. And uh, so I, I think it's critical. I mean, from, you know, no one keeps a checkbook anymore, but, you know, from that kind of a thing to, you know, figuring out uh, basic things. Um, it, my, my mind goes back to what I needed math for when I was a kid, which a lot of that you don't need it for anymore, like figuring out directions and, and all that kind of stuff. And most of it's done for it for us, um, but it's, it's still critical in, in just um, just living, just everyday living. So I find it interesting that you still live in the area. You have a very unique career. And I think that's what really, when you were running for office, I noticed is, wow, you know, he's a geologist. And I think a lot of people did because, you know, it's a different type of field. But, you know, while we're setting up this interview, you had to go do, do some irrigation and irrigating of some grapes. So you still live... Uh, around farmland, it sounds like. Yeah, I live on a, it's a small family farm. It's a 20-acre farm. I bought it uh, about 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. And it's because we were um, actually renting at the time from some very good friends uh, who actually I ended up buying the property from. And um, it was literally, I had three kids in a 700-plus square foot house. And... Um, I was just looking for the right opportunity to buy, and I picked the absolute wrong opportunity to buy. We had to move. I had a 13-year-old daughter sharing a bedroom with her two brothers, which wasn't too cool, <laughs> uh, especially according to mom. And um, so we started looking around. This happened to be, you know, the 2002, 2003 
time frame, and that's if you remember what was going on in the housing market back then, it was just exploding. Um, we actually had a friend who was wanted to get into that game and said, "Hey, look, I'm learning. I'm, I won't charge you for anything." And this guy took us all over the place, and I had no idea what the prices should be. What they, you know, I knew what they used to be. I had no idea what I was getting into. So it turned out that what I thought we could buy. Uh, would get us probably in the just a little shanty and probably the the roughest part of town. And uh, so I just kind of started looking at bigger and bigger properties. And the market hadn't caught up with the 10 and 20 acre parcels. So I, I paid, and, and you know, but it was market value. So I paid about what I'd pay for kind of a, a modest size house, probably less than I'd pay for a modest size house back in that time period for 20 acres with an old house. It's an old house with a barn on it and a couple of wells. So I just happened to luck into it. It's interesting. Um, as we talk about housing and you mentioned housing, the prices of houses right now and the growth of Central Unified that you're a board member of, tell us a little bit about prices of housing and tell us a little bit about the growth at Central Unified. Um. I'm going to back out a little bit and I'm not an expert on this and I'm not on the CSBA California state board association board or any of the committees or anything, but I know from attending past events that most of California, as far as growth uh, in school districts is flat or going backwards. Um, and central is not central is relatively flat. Um, the, the demographic projections are relatively flat. But slightly increased, you know, it's cheaper here. You know, we're in a growing area. Uh, we're not really limited by some of the limitations, you know, say in the eastern, you know, the, the, some of the um, some of the other school districts to the east and to the south of us. Um, you know, we got plenty of room for growth. Uh, houses are generally cheaper, and um, there is a lot of growth going on. Um, I don't have my arms totally around it. And I work in an industry that serves that, that industry. And I still don't have my arms totally around it. I, I can just tell you that uh, what I do for a living in evaluating some of these developments coming online, we can't keep up with them. So, um, and they're not just here, but a good, good, good percentage of them are here in this, in this district. So it's looking good for growth. It seems like the, and again, I don't have stats on this, but it seems like the, the the type of offerings are better than they used to be in the in the recent near past. And hoping we're going to keep some families around for a little longer. Historically, we were pretty strong in the startup market, uh, but then we would lose people uh, as they moved to make the next uh, the next step up in a house. Well, speaking of you know families, I'm noticing that there are several new schools that have come online the past five years, including a high school that's being built. Tell us a little bit about some of the new schools that are coming up not too far from, you know, your house. Well, um, so we, you know, the, the, the new, I'll start with the high school. The new high school has been on the books for a long time. You know, we passed a bond in, what, 2008? Um, and it just never, because of the economy at the time and several other factors, it never got off the ground. Well, this board, the last board actually was really committed to, and probably the board before that was, was really committed um, to making sure that that got on the books and got, got built. The community has been crying for it for a long time. I mean, I had a, 
my youngest is now 21 and when he was in elementary school we were told he would go to that high school well it didn't even, we didn't even break ground by the time he got into school so um the community's been really really as they should have been really really after seeing this thing get done and get finished and it's going to get finished uh it's justin garson garza high school um pays tribute to a, um, a phenomenal coach in the area who really impacted positively a, a lot of kids and families in the area so so we're proud of that we're proud of the uh the design goes back a long ways. It's it's a really unique design. It's actually permitted. I don't want to say permitted. It's actually being when the the state the, the uh, division of architects um, evaluates the building criteria. They're actually using a criteria more similar to a mall than a school because of the unique design. So um, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a really, really good showpiece for for the district. So, um, anyway, what that's caused is, you know, for a long time we had one uh, code. I think it's CSA is the acronym for the two high schools, East and West. Well, as a result of the new high school, um, we had several options available. The community uh, had several options available to them as far as how we would go about this. So. The superintendent put a, a committee together to study it and come up with recommendations, and the board ultimately decided on um, the th three independent high schools, which which I think was the right decision. And so now West is now called Central High School, which it was originally the Central High School, which is great. Original colors, original mascot, the whole bit. Um, then Central East, and then um, and then the, the, the new Garza. Um, uh, guardians. So that's the high school situation. So um, what that's caused though is it's caused a reduction in um, in anticipated um, enrollment, but the projections are looking good, actually looking better than expected. So we're really excited about that. And I spent some time talking to the principal at Central West, and he was really excited about where they were going. So I'm just looking forward to it. Um, Let's see a couple of a uh, couple of one, one of the things that we did during the during the lockdown was we were really proactive and put together an, an online homeschool, uh, which I thought was really um, I, th I thought our admin did a, did a really good job anticipating that need, figuring out what we could do about potentially losing students and 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 putting that together. So that's one of the offerings. The other one is. Of course, Tilly. Tilly is not brand new, but the, the buildings are fairly new. Within the last couple of years, they, they were finished. Uh, they were in temporary. If you remember, they were in temporary um, buildings for quite a while. Um, there's also another property at uh, Brawley and Shields, uh, which is going to be a new elementary school, kind of an infill uh, for that for that area. So um, I think I'm missing one, but those are the ones that come to mind. Um, and that sounds. Do you have another one specifically? Yeah. No, I, I just, I, you know, living in the area like you, I just, I'm noticing new schools, and I knew that the Clinton or the Shields and Brawley is going to be a school as well. So there has been a lot of growth in this area, and uh, one of the other things that's coming that I saw a map for recently was off of Grantland and Ashland. There's some developers that are going to big up, put a housing project there. Do you know anything about that one? Yeah, that's changed hands. That was originally Granville, um, and um, 
I, I know what it used to be, but I don't exactly know what the plans are for it now. I know originally it included the area for a school, and I, I don't, I'm not sure if that's still on the books or not. Um, then, um, then a number of houses around there in an artificial lake. So it's going to be an upscale kind of a development. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then around that, there are other developments, obviously, that are, that are actually starting to go in um, pretty soon, particularly to the north and to the to the east. Um, not particularly on that block, but kind of the, the whole area, as an area develops, you get infrastructure and um, you get, you know, I, I, I guess for lack of a better definition, kind of teaming amongst uh, the builders to, you know, have a plan in concert with the city. One of the things that was holding up development out here was that uh, there was a fire, um, a um, um, firehouse that was uh, fire department. Um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? So, yeah. um, you know, I'm talking about a station building that was supposed to be on the books or that was on the books. It was supposed to be built. Um, and, and housing couldn't be developed. There, there was almost a moratorium. I think it was a moratorium on building until that could be, uh, until the schedule for that could be um, completed, could be pushed forward. Yeah. Uh, at least the schedule and get it on the book. So if you notice driving down Shaw, you're going to see a lot of things. Um, one is that Veterans Boulevard, this is another critical piece, Veterans Boulevard finally got its funding. Um, I started working on that from an engineering side back in 92. Wow. 1992. That's how long that's been on the books. Um, and um, so it's it's under construction. And, and, and if you drive uh, on Golden State, you see the overcrossing. Uh, the, the difficulty they had, it got slowed down. They were ready to go to construction. The high-speed rail uh, got passed, and then they had to totally, totally modify their design, and the cost went up and all that kind of stuff, and that's where it got stalled. Um, so that's that's... Shaw Avenue is closed because of that, because of the housing going on and the infrastructure going in. And uh, and then if you go a little bit past that, you see the, the, the fire uh, department house uh, uh, building on the on the south side of the street. So all that's real critical to growth in this area. And it's, it's really going to foster additional growth. And um, yeah, so good stuff. It's exciting. You are listening to San Joaquin Spotlight and watching this program on CMAC, Comcast Xfinity 93, and AT&T U-verse 99. You're also listening to this program on radio, Talk Radio 1550KXEX. Our guest this week is Jason Paul. Mr. Paul is a trustee for the Central Unified School District. Central Unified is located in western Central Western Northwest Fresno County, City of Fresno as well. Mr. Paul, question for you on why you decided to run for office. You know, you running for office and campaigning is difficult, and it takes a lot of time. You've got a family, and so at some point you decide you're going to run for office. Why'd you do that? Um... It's a, I'll try to make it short. It's kind of a long, convoluted story. But the bottom line is is that um, because I do engineering consulting type of work as a geologist uh, for a lot of years, 20-plus years, I've worked with school districts. And when you do technical work for school districts and there's public noticing involved, you end up sitting through a lot of board meetings waiting for someone to ask you questions about your technical documents. So I had done that 
uh, periodically over the past 20 years. And um, because of that, I would check in with the district every once in a while. I'd go in and sit in a board meeting because I had kids in the district, but not routinely and not regularly. Um, well, there's a little bit of space between my two older kids and my younger uh, son. And um, um, I thought, you know, I should really take more interest in what's going on in the district. And that's all it was. So I just started showing up to board meetings, not every week, but you know, every other, not every week, not every month, but every, maybe every other month I'd check in, I'd sit through it. Um, and um, it, it made me start kind of developing some questions about why decisions were being made. Um, you know, uh, what, what was behind some of the decisions that were being made. Um, and uh, then in the process of that, uh, you know, everyone in the district remembers a couple of years back when the superintendent got ousted. Uh-huh. And um, I ended up uh, just walking into those meetings, not knowing what was going on. You'd think I would have checked out the agenda and, <laughs> and heard some heard some scuttlebutt, but I've never big, been big on, on social media. So it kind of caught me off guard. So um, long story short, I ended up um, going to a lot of the board meetings and watching that go on and then got got asked to run in this area um, by some local folks. And so I thought about it, uh, got my wife on board, and um, decided to do it. And so we, we, we were successful. So, so fortunate. Tell our audience about, I mean, you, you go to the board meetings, you learn about what's going on, and then you become a board member. Talk about so much information. I mean, I'm sure you've learned a lot about schools in this whole process, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had, you know, we, we live in, you know, our kids go to school, um, whether they're private or public. Um, and, you know, we we know teachers. We interact with uh, coaches and teachers, and we, we, we think we have an idea. But the amount of business that's done in the school district just blew my mind. It was oh, just it was it was overwhelming to me. Uh, it's a whole new language, different acronyms. You know, every industry's got its own language, its own acronyms and uh, vernacular, and, and and school districts are, are are no different. They they you know they have the same kind of thing. Uh, and you know the amount of money that moves through a school district and and the speed at which it does, and the decisions that need to be made based on that are um, they they can be overwhelming until you kind of get your arms around it. I figure I was on the board for at least a year until I think I really, really started to get my arms around kind of the big picture of it. And, you know, once you do that, um, it, it makes makes understanding decision-making and understanding why staff is recommending what they're recommending. And it just makes it, it kind of makes that make sense. You, you spend your time more productively, um, and it's just it's there's just a lot a lot to it and i think most people as you know I, I was in that same boat even though i'd been doing business with school districts for years had had no idea the complexity but you know it's just i think it's the second biggest budget item on the state budget so we're we're talking really significant dollars really significant decisions um in how the that money spent to help our kids 
and to help the general population. And let's face it, in California, we got we got ways to go. We got a long ways to go. We're running out of time this week on the program. Where do you see Central Unified in the next ten years? I mean, really, it appears that the growth is going to continue. Correct? Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's going to continue to grow. How long it's going to continue to grow, and how far is kind of it's kind of dependent. You know, we're on the west side of, of Fresno. Uh, historically, mostly mostly in county areas the city's expanded the sphere of influence has you know gone back and forth it used to be i think ultimately for a long time it was grantland i think it might have made it up to dickinson at one point um uh, but you know that the, the city's got its plan um and that's driven by a number of factors and i don't pretend to know a lot about that um but there is this west area development plan because a lot of people were concerned about not being about this area not being treated like the rest of Fresno. And I know that the southwest uh, part of town has the same types of issues um, and, and the southeast part of town, actually. And so there's this, uh, um, uh, there's this committee that was put together to study the area. And, and you know, and they, they, they made some changes to the plan. So I think that's going to foster growth and foster community. Um, so I'm looking forward to see how that, you know, you know, as we as we continue to move along in the area, how that, how that impacts us positively. Um, the school district, I think, is going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to to develop. It's going to you know we've had some some rough years as, as far as you know how we're ranked um, um, in in um, the aptitude of our of our scholastics and our, and our kids, their progress. And um, the board has made it really clear to admin, and I think admin is all over this, has really made it clear to them that this isn't acceptable and that they need to move forward uh, and come up with plans uh, to, to turn that around. And I, I totally believe that, that they're on it. Uh, they've, they've presented um, to the community, they've, they've presented um, parts of that plan um, and we've got a really solid senior admin group. We've got great teachers, um, and um, I, I, I think um, I think with with uh, continued leadership as the board works together with 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 senior administrative staff and the superintendent, we can make that work. But we got to be on the same team, and we got to be all about the same types of things, which is total focus on um, on scholastic. And, you know, another achievement, too, um, you know, we've, we've um, done some really good things with um, vocational tech, uh, with uh, the program for moving kids through uh, to get an AA degree while they're in high school. So all those things are positives. We're, you know, we're moving in the right direction. We just got to continue to move in that direction and not get sidelined by, by things that are, that are not as important. So, and and I, think we're on, I think we're on the path. That is an excellent way to conclude our interview. Mr. Paul, thank you so much for being a guest on this program and uh, sharing your insights about Central and your background. You got it. Thanks for having me. That's all for this edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. Our show is being watched on CMAC, Comcast, Xfinity 93 and AT&T U-verse 99 and it's also heard on radio talk radio 1550 KX
EX. I'm your host, Sevag Tatiosian. Tune in next week to a new edition.